This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, here we go again. Another record-breaking caravan of, um, do we call them migrants? Do we call them uh, wannabe illegal aliens, undocumented workers? Anyway, 15,000 of them on the way to the USA. Have you seen the video? I've seen uh, this looks like an invasion. Oh, no, it's not an invasion. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And... It's happening with the encouragement of the United States government. we got 15,000 people. They're making their way up from Central America deep into Mexico. Next stop, the USA, and they're going to get in. And then Joe Biden and the administration are going to fly them probably to New York. Hey, Rob Astorino, he's running for governor right now. Good for him for uncovering this. The flights continue, middle of the night, and hardly anybody gives a damn. Democrat Congress doesn't care. Mainstream media doesn't care. Uh, they're trying to take over this country. They really are. I'm talking about Democrats strategically fanning out these illegals all over the place. So one day, they'll hopefully vote the way they want them to. And if they don't, they'll portray it anyway. They'll portray those votes. They'll get those votes one way or the other. It's uh, it's happening right now. Joe Biden, it's on tape. You can look it up. I'll play it tonight on Newsmax. Said, what should what should immigrants do when you become president? He said they should surge the border. Come on in. This is it. Open border policy. This is what he wants. He pretends he wants otherwise. He looks. Nope. This is it. They want the high gas prices. Why? They want you to stop driving that car. They don't want you buying another uh, fossil fuel driven car. They want you to buy an electric car. Most people can't afford them. Most people don't want them. So they don't want you driving anything until um, you can afford an electric car, if that day ever comes. And then they would prefer you on a little scooter or a bike. Hey, by the way, enough with those scooters and bikes, especially the scooters. I saw a 45-year-old businessman on a scooter the other day. He was going about 40 miles per hour. I'm like, Chief, are you serious? Look at yourself. I mean, look at yourself. Nine-year-olds should be doing this. And you're going way too fast. Nine-year-olds don't go that fast. And he thinks he's like, you could fall off one of those things so easily. And you know how the bus lane is? And we got the great big fat bus lane. And then you got the cab who's not supposed to be in the bus lane. But then they see somebody who wants to, you know, hail them, who's trying to hail them. And then what do they have to do? They have to cut over to the bus lane. And these poor cab drivers, I mean, they see somebody holding up their hand for a cab. That's a real treat. Everyone's taking Uber or Lyft and all that stuff. So. They come from the traffic for the cabs, for the regular cars, and they have to cut across the bus lane. And usually there's some jerk on a scooter or roller skates or anything, you know, the solar-powered skateboard right there. And that guy almost gets killed. And then they give everybody, it's just a mess. Man, oh, man, oh, man, this city does need a new mayor. Oh, man, talk about a crash and burn, right? 
crashing and burning. He is delusional. He is an egomaniac. I'm talking about Eric Adams. And, of course, since he... He doesn't know how to do the job, doesn't have a clue. All he's done is you know, hang around Al Sharpton in his professional life, yelling about uh, racism. He's actually in charge and doesn't know what to do. So what does he do? He, well, continues to do what he's always done, talk about racism. Actually, here he is. Can you make heads or tails out of what he's talking about? I think he's trying to make a point about fast food, but you, I don't know. He's, uh, they're systemically racist, they being, uh, I guess, the man, you know? The man is the culprit in a lot of these things. Uh, Eric Adams the other day, cut 31, uh, talking about what he can't do, talking about a problem that isn't really a problem, but it's unsolvable. And just, you know, bigger, the bigger it is, the better it is for him. Uh, Listen to this, cut 31. People have been making money off of us. Downstream reaction is a profitable reaction, and people have been making so much money off of us. Now I come along, I am not fighting against policies, I'm fighting against their profit. And what I'm saying and doing is hurting the bottom line of those systems that have eaten off of us for years. So that's why you see all those negative stories in the paper about me. That's why you hear all those attacks. That's why you hear the constant why Eric should not have been mayor. That is what you're hearing. Yeah, yeah, because you suck at the job. We all see it. You said you were some sort of crime fighter. There were people like me who knew better, who saw right through your act. You don't know a damn thing about crime fighting. All you do is know how to stand on a... All you know how to run is a cheap press conference with Al Sharpton yelling and screaming. That's why we're on your case. Because crime has gone up nearly 60% on your watch. You don't have a clue. And, oh, by the way, you're a racist. You are a racist. Eric Adams is racist. You want the proof? Here he is. What's a what's a horrible racist term for white people? Cracker. Yeah, he's going to tell off all those crackers. That's what he's always been doing. Cut 33. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, man. I was unbelievable. I was unbelievable. Just ask me. I was unbelievable. Unbelievable at what? <laughs> oh, gosh. It's pathetic. It is is pathetic and now he walks around like he's the man by the way he's the man i can't stand the strut i can't stand the arrogance and the arrogance is unbelievable oh wow yeah they talk about trump having an ego look at this guy look at this guy and talking about himself in the third person uh, cut 32 let him do his job let him do his job you're not going to he's talking about himself him? You're not going to stand with the team? Then you need to move out of the way. Because other folks have had it for so long and did nothing with it. So now he's here. He's doing the job. You need to go get out of his way and let him accomplish this task that God put him in a place to do. Don't get in our way. Get out of our way and let us do the job that we were elected to do. No one's standing in your way. Just do it. Just do it. But here's the thing. He doesn't know how. And that's the real tragedy that we have on our hands. All right? And I don't like it that uh, when the hell is the election? 2025? That's a long time from now. I don't think we have the time. I know time goes very fast. And quite frankly, I'm going to tell you, I'm thinking about running for mayor. Um, I'm going to give it some serious consideration. Um, yeah. Why not? Why not? 
I know this city. I'm not afraid to stand up to Eric Adams. I'm not afraid to stand up and have a serious and substantive conversation about race instead of the foolish, phony one that everybody wants to have. And that, quite frankly, people who are not of color are afraid to have. All right. I'm not afraid to have that conversation. Hmm? I'd run on two two things. Number one, get the lunatics off the street. Not three things. Lunatics off the street. Keep woke junk out of the classroom and get rid of these freaking bike lanes. Okay? And probably 150 other things. Why not? Hey, I can do a lot better than that guy. And unlike uh, de Blasio, I'd be in at work at, what's a good time to get to work? Mm, I mean, this actually may happen, so I don't want to put myself in a box here. 7.15. 7.15 a.m. Up and running. I like that. I like that. And I would I live in Gracie Mansion? Mm, probably not, actually. I've been there a couple of times. I'm not a big fan it looks out onto the most unpleasant part of the East River. Um, I don't know. But I'm not ruling it out. We'll see. We'll see. How about that? A guy who stands up and calls white people cracker. A guy who runs for the mayor of New York City and lives in New Jersey. Hmm? <laughs> a guy who says he's a crime fighter yet hates police. And he gets away with it. Hey, listen to this, and uh, I know our our, our man uh, uh, Curtis was pointing this out. In the new poll, 7 in 10 New Yorkers concerned about being the victim of violent crime. More than 7 in 10 New Yorkers fear being a victim of violent crime. Uh, uh, of the 1,000 New Yorkers polled, 45% said Eric Adams was doing a poor job of fighting crime across the city. His poor rating is higher among Hispanics and Asians. Hispanics, 55%. Asians, 49%. Hey, you see that poor woman getting thrown off the train tracks? Uh, I'm sorry, off the platform onto the tracks. I've barely heard a whisper of it. And I have a feeling why you can't link this crime to white supremacy. Quite frankly, it looked like a black guy tossing an Asian woman onto the tracks. You don't hear about those crimes for some reason. Why is that? Why is that, huh? Because of silly identity politics. We're all people, everybody. We're all human beings. That's the important part. Hey, you want to see what a crime fighter Eric Adams is? When he sees a crime or hears a rumor about a crime, what does he do? Well, you know, if you were the mayor, if I were the mayor, I'd I'd call the police commissioner. I'd have a whole bunch of things. I had a radio team with me. I'd, I'd just believe me. I would know how to handle it. I've seen it done. I've I know what happens when the police commissioner sees a crime. All right, responds immediately. All right. They don't, you know, the the entire my entire life I've never seen my father dial nine one one. Okay, I've never seen that happen. But Eric Adams, he, well, on his first day in office, he sees a big fight down the block, a half a block away from him. I mean, some poor guy is getting beaten up by three guys, and Eric, in his first of many disastrous decisions, chose not to have police officers with him that day. You got to wonder about that, by the way. Why wouldn't he want cops with him? Why would he want his brother with him and no professional cops? What does he want to do with his time? Where does he want to go? What's he up to? You know? So his first day in office, no cops, because he wants to be a man of the people. Yeah, sure. A big crime happens right down the block. He has to call 911. And it runs in the family. Let's see here. Uh, 
His sister saw something suspicious. If you see something, say something, right? But she thinks she saw an assassination plot against her brother in the works. Huh? Yeah, listen to this. Go ahead. Here's what happened yesterday. A family member was at the ferry. What ferry? And we were going to pick her up. I was en route to pick her up. Why? And while she was waiting, uh, three men walked in with hoodies on. And yesterday was very hot. Stop. And they had hoodies. Now, isn't this what the, got Trayvon Martin in trouble? The hoodies? <laughs> the hoodies? Was yesterday very hot? What was it? high temperature yesterday? Was it very I don't know. Keep going. Let me hear the rest of this. And while she was waiting, uh, three men walked in with hoodies on. And yesterday was very hot, and they had hoodies on. And she heard, overheard one of them state something to the tune of, don't shoot until you get inside. She called me. I said, immediately call 911. And I got on the phone and called 911 to make sure they got the call. And when we got to the ferry, uh, my security team and I went to the boats and said, don't let the boats move out. Police responded and did a canvas of the area. And now they're going to continue the investigation. But I want to thank my family member because they listen. See something, say something, do something. Nothing would have been worse if someone would have gotten on that boat and something would have happened to innocent people. And that's what we encourage New Yorkers to do. Wow. And I feel great to know that at Thanksgiving, when I've drilled it in the heads of my family members, Shut up. they Let did. me hear the top of this thing again. Now, why the hell is he picking up his sister in a city car? What does his sister do? Did he give his sister a phony baloney job like he wanted to give his brother? Is that what's going on here? Remember, he tried to hire his brother as a head of security. And um, they still gave him a job. They couldn't pay him the $250,000 a year they wanted to. They gave him a buck a year job. But maybe it comes with a car and driver. <laughs> and his sister, we were going to, I got to hear that one more time. They were going to pick up the sister, right? Go ahead, one more time, the very top. Here's what happened yesterday. A family member was at the ferry. And we were going to pick her up. I was en route to pick her up. Stop. What, what, what is she, eight years old? What the hell's the mayor doing that, picking her up? Picking her up from first grade. Very, very weird, folks. I told you about this guy. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Here's something that may or may not set uh, Twitter on fire. I just thought I'd put it out there to the world. What the hell? Gay Pride Month. Gay Pride this. Gay Pride that. Gay Pride Story Hour, Gay Pride Brunch, Gay Pride Movie Festival, Gay Pride Parade, Gay Pride Circus, Gay Pride Ferry Boat, Gay Pride Cruise, Gay Pride Vacation, Gay Pride Library Month, Gay, all of it. So what did I do? What did I just do? I, you tell me. Is this unreasonable? I just said, uh, what do I say here? Uh, I put it on Twitter. Not that it matters, but I happen to be heterosexual. Your Gay Pride Month is of no interest to me. Have fun. I respect all, but leave me out of it and stop leaving me all those loose comments because people do leave the most horrendous comments all over the place. You should see what they say. Oh, yeah, only a, what are they trying to say? Oh, he, he must be, uh, he's uptight, he's closeted, he's this, he's that. Uh, no, no. As I said a long time ago, um, I I am born this way, heterosexual. I have at times, you know, 
I'll tell you this. One thing I admire about the gay community, they tend to look out for each other the way people in the... Well, actually, let me revise that. I think Mike from Manhattan called yesterday and said, you know what, there really is no gay community. And I, I think he's right. It's accentuated. Like, you have a couple of people, self-appointed spokesmen, and they say they represent the gay community. I don't think that's true. You know, there are all kinds of people. What Your sexuality probably can and should have nothing to do with your political outlook. Rick Grinnell happens to be, uh, he's a great guy, number one, happens to be gay, happens to be pro-Trump, happens to be uh, an expert on uh, political, geopolitical affairs, ambassador to Germany, uh, director of national intelligence, first first um, cabinet secretary, openly gay ever. And, well, openly gay, no, it just doesn't come up. It just doesn't come up. So I... Uh, I think it's, so what was I saying? Uh, the gay community, no such thing. And, but stop jamming it down everybody's throat. Fair enough. Aren't there more important and interesting things to talk about? Now, I will say this. One of the reasons why I'm more fired up about uh, opposing this Gay Pride Month and others. All opposing might be... I don't like the transgenders having those silly story time hour with children. And I don't like that drag race that I saw in Dallas. Did you see the same thing? I saw it. It was so bad. It was so weird. I called the police. You heard... I I had a follow-up with them, and I left a, uh, a voicemail message for them because I was so disturbed. What did I see? Well, here's a little bit of it. Uh... You'll hear some ooing and hooing, hooting and hollering and, and just a bunch of crazy junk going on. It's, uh, it's transvestites, transgenders dancing around with children in a nightclub in the middle of the day in Dallas, Texas. Cut 19, please. And it goes on like this. Uh, it's the radio, so you can't see what I'm seeing. But I'm seeing 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-olds and uh, uh, humanoids. I don't know what sexuality they are. Are they women? Are they men? Are they trans? What are they? But they're, um, they present themselves as women, but they're pretty thick to be women, if you know what I mean. Pretty girthy guys. Um, and they're just dancing in a very sexual way provocative way and there's a big stupid neon sign that says it's not gonna lick itself like what is that supposed to mean it's not gonna lick itself all right so children should not be in this environment clearly and uh i'm thankful that people in dallas recognize that i called the dallas uh, uh, law enforcement uh, authorities myself and i left them this message cut 22 please Hello, this is Greg Kelly. I'm a concerned citizen. I live in, live in New York, but I saw a horrible video. It's gone viral, very easy to find online. Uh, uh, dancing uh, transvestites with young children. It happened in the heart of Dallas. It seemed like it was incredibly inappropriate, border, probably criminal. Sure, somebody's breaking the law. You guys need to find this video. You can, uh, you can call me. My number is uh, three. 
and I'll help you find it online. And somebody's got to do something about this. Thank you. Again, my name is Greg Kelly. You can call me at. Okay. I think I, I think I did my duty as a citizen. And anybody else who saw that video, um, well, look, I understand it's a, it's a bit of a leap to actually pick up the phone and get the number and make the phone call and, you know, put your name down and give them your phone number. Not everybody wants to do that. Uh, but uh, that's the way I am. No, I, I, I just, I had to go on record. People do look at me like I'm crazy. You actually did that? Yeah, I did. Did you see what I saw? All right. This is not right. And uh, Joe Biden can go around screaming his head off about trans kids. Why? Why? Why would a president do that, by the way? This is the president of the United States. He should have the he should have the back of the of the country of Americans. But talk about narrow casting. Talk about thin slicing here. Who does Joe Biden support? Cut 23. All transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. And know this, you're so brave, you belong, and we have your back. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. How about having America's back and not losing any more wars? Be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, I'd love to have a healthy snack, but the bananas are all green. There's nothing more disappointing than a uh, than a green banana. I mean, there's no way it's getting edible. Um, you know, while you're hungry, it's a matter of days, not minutes. So. Uh, so I switched to the peanut M&M's. What am I supposed to do? I got to eat something right around now. Um, yeah, let me just try this for a second. No. Oh, my goodness gracious. I ate the banana. I took a bite of the banana. It tastes like a cucumber. Sometimes, every once in a you'll find a green banana that actually works. I've tried it before. Um, yep. 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 Very much. Very, very cucumbery. Um, all right. Attention to my white listeners, my white female listeners, my Karens, as the left-wing woke media might call you. My Karens. What a horrible term, the Karens, right? It's a beautiful name, but they use it to uh, badger you, to shame you, and to get you to vote a certain way and to call you out. Oh, boy, America's all about calling people out, right? Calling people out for how they voted in the 2016 election. I'm going to call you out. Well, let's call out MSNBC, some of the worst people in the world over there. Uh, let's see here. Here's a guest. Uh, white men are the biggest threats. Uh, no, here we go. White women. They, they hate white women and they hate white men. Now let's first go to the, the one who hates the white women. This is cut 36, if you don't mind. We do have to call out um, our sisters in this struggle um, who don't always vote in alignment with the folks you see on the screen here. I feel like 
um, there's still a divide today in the conversations that we have about women's rights. With some of um, you know white women continuously voting overwhelmingly Republican. Lucy Caldwell's a, a show regular, and she gave one of the best and most honest answers, I thought, on why that happens. Mm -hmm. I want you to take a listen, Carmen, and then I'll ask you about it on the other side. A real problem is that Republican women are in this mode, and specifically white women, where in a way they do benefit from the patriarchy, mm -hmm. right? And so they are feeling or participating in the same kind of story of economic insecurity or, you know, uh, a, a right or a privilege that they believe their white husbands and sons and yeah. fathers deserve is, is going to a person of color, right? So they have a stake in the old paradigm that yeah. is harmful. They also, at the same time, it's it's good to be a white woman because mm -hmm. white women also benefit from the progress that Democrats have worked to assure for white women. Yeah, yeah, wow, perfect sense, huh? You hear that? All those silly white women worried about their, their white husbands and their white children. What kind of racist crap is that? And that woman who was uttering all that nonsense at the end there, it's a white woman. Um, virtue signaling in front of a black host and a black panel, black, Asian, Hispanic, right? You see a lot of that liberal elites virtue signaling to get in with people who don't look like them. And how do you get in? You say that kind of junk. And how about how broadly was, um, was that first person? Our white sisters don't vote with us, people who look like us. Well, I, I think that's the very definition of racism, right? By the way, there are so many exceptions to whatever alleged rule you think you have. Show me a person. I have no idea if I haven't met them before and they're not a public figure. I don't care what they look like. They're, that's one of the great things about life. You never know what you're going to get. You know, people will surprise you. People have all kinds of interests, hobby. Everybody's got something special. You just don't know. But over there at MSNBC, they do, right? They just look at the color of your skin. They size you up, and they know if you're a Trump voter, if you're this, you're that. Well, it's a disgusting way to view the world. And just because they're on there at MSNBC alleging that they're leaders of this community or that community, no, they're not. But they fool a lot of people into thinking that they are. Now, how's this for vile? Uh, who is this? Some uh, nut job named Aaron Haynes. Um, her big claim to fame is that she has a computer and she can get on a Zoom. And then they put her on MSNBC and she says junk like this. Cut 37, please. 103 years after the passage of the 19th Amendment in the Senate, the challenge and then frankly the threat is the white men who have had a monopoly on our society, our democracy, and our country who continue to block our access to the ballot and our liberty as citizens, as women, and everything that comes with it. Wow. The white men are the threat. 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 The white, and what kind of, who's the head of uh, NBC anyway? Some guy named Cesar Conde. Well, he's probably part of the problem. He is part of the problem. You know why? Because he comes uh, over there, takes over the troubled uh, network. And the first thing he says is, I want to make half this place non-white. I want to make half this place non-men. I want to make this... Yeah, he's going to come in. This is a reflection of that. People who talk like this in horrible racist terms. Now, it's interesting, though. There are people who will accept that, well, 
if you look a certain way or you're a certain orientation and you claim to represent a community, then you must. And I go back to Mike in Manhattan. There is no such thing as a gay community. There is no such thing as a as a white community. There is no such thing as the Asian community or the Hispanic community. I, they're just so disparate ver- voices. I don't think you can just say no, no. I don't. I know you can't anymore. Irish community. Now, I, I, there there are friends of mine who I don't speak to anymore because I'm. I'm pro-Trump, and they happen to be Irish Catholic. I got everything in common with them on the outside. However, a lot of different things are going on internally, you know? Now, Chris Christie, the governor of New Jersey, I've been giving this guy a hard time for a long time, and I could go through it again. Well, I'm going to mention it, actually. The thing that really made me reevaluate Chris Christie, because there was a time there I was kind of a fan But here's what happened. During Hurricane Sandy or in the immediate aftermath, Barack Obama shows up. And he gets off of Air Force One and, you know, they hug and they kiss and they spend the day together. And quite frankly, that's fine. That's fine. President of the United States, just before, just after a hurricane, whatever. That's fine. President could help New Jersey, probably. But then they ask him, about Mitt Romney, it's 2012, just before the election. Now, remember, he was on Fox and Friends. Uh, Governor Christie, um, do you have any plans to meet with Mitt Romney? Now, keep in mind, this is in the fall of 2012. It's on the eve of the election. There is a damn good chance that Mitt Romney will be president-elect in a matter of days and president in a matter of weeks, two months What did Chris Christie say? No, and quite frankly, I could care less. I'm going to find that. Do me a favor. Look that up if you would, all right? It's a great clip. No, and quite frankly, I could care less. It's Chris Christie. Well, actually, no, don't do that because I was going to about – I'm about to say something good about Chris Christie, actually. He's got great political uh, skill. He has stepped in it plenty. Um, But here's something I noticed because – there are a lot of politicians out there. The soon they can they can have their positions, they can think this way about this thing and that thing, right? But as soon as they run up against a uh, a Donna Brazil, for instance, Donna Brazil, Democrat, black woman, starts calling him out or saying I disagree with this, that, and the other thing. Ninety nine politicians out of uh, I should say ninety out of a hundred will cave. We're nine out of ten. We'll okay, we'll just abandon everything and say, "Oh, I agree with you." Yeah, I know. Oh, well, it's time for me to shut up and listen. Well, Chris Christie didn't do that the other day, and I kind of like his style here. Cut thirty-eight. The other side will never move towards you ever if you're going to say this is a purely moral issue. If you don't agree with me, yeah, then you're immoral. What is moral if it's not life and death? When it's the, taken the lives of innocent children, when it's taken the lives of eighty-year-old. Grandmothers who are in a grocery store trying to feed her family. It's moral. What is life 
if it's Listen. not that I cannot walk the streets. Look, Chris, I Where live in an urban city. Yeah. I, yeah. I care about crime. I care about the violence that I see. There are nuances to this issue, though, There are nuances, but... You said this morning that Democrats don't want to confiscate guns. But on the other hand, you have Beto O'Rourke this week in Texas saying that's exactly what he wants to do. So there are nuances to this issue. A Both on the right automatic weapon. Donna, Donna, I thought about confiscating, confiscating weapons that Beto O'Rourke was talking about this week. This hardens the debate. It hardens people's positions. Both extremes rifles. do. I'm sorry. Both extremes do. See, good for Chris Christie, because believe it or not, a lot of folks will cave. They'll cave the moment a black woman, if they happen to be white or they happen to be conservative, and they'll think that somebody like Donna Brazil represents all black. No, she represents Donna Brazil. That's it. So here's an example of a Republican folding and going along with it like that. I mean, split. You're going to hear this guy. It's, it's a, he's a longtime uh, Democrat activist, happens to be black. His name is Bakari Sellers. And he's talking about America like it's the worst place in the world. And then right after, you'll hear a woman named Alyssa who worked for Donald Trump, communications director for Donald Trump. Just a swamp snake, by the way. I'm not uh, not a fan. And listen to how she agrees with everything, every horrible, nasty thing he just said about America. Let's see here. Cut 39. You cannot forget the racism, bigotry, white supremacy, xenophobia that still is prevalent every single day in society. And I'm thinking about Buffalo. And you trace that back to what is this new Republican Party. There's a direct correlation. People see that as well. So, yes, baby formula matters, but these other things matter as well. Bakari is not wrong. I, mean, I actually agree there. I actually agree there. Oh, Bakari, I actually agree with you. I know America's like, you know, oh, my God, it's like so racist. It's so white supremacist and it's so prevalent every single day. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bakari, what are you doing later? You want to get a drink? Oh. Um, I find it offensive as an American, as somebody who, quite frankly, not to boast, but um, put his ass on the line flying off of ships at night. For this country, I wouldn't do it for a white supremacist country. All right? I wouldn't do it for uh, South Africa. You got me? You read me? All right? I did it because, in part, because this is a great country. What do you mean in part? Well, you know what? People who join the military join for a whole bunch of reasons, okay? Sometimes they pay your college education. Uh, Sometimes uh, you're going to learn a trade that you can use in the private sector to make money. Oh, by the way, you do make money while you're in the military. So... I'm not I'm just saying that my choice to join the military wasn't a hundred percent altruistic. That was part of it. It was kind of made it even more alluring and cool, but that was not all of it. And that's okay to say, by the way. Every other friend of mine who went to work on Wall Street, they look at me like I have ten heads and I'm like, you know, I went in for, you know, myriad reasons. You mean like to serve something bigger than yourself, right? And to serve your country? Uh yeah, that too. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 that was part of it. But also the adventure, the fun, the the opportunity to fly jet planes. Anyway, but how about that? Just, oh, yeah, yeah, white supremacists. That guy, that guy said horrible things about America. And that, she just agreed with every, everything, everything that was said. Hey, here's something. Keep your eye on our, what the hell is he? The gun czar. Our gun czar is uh, quite the character, huh? His name is Andre Mitchell. He's a criminal. He killed a guy back in 1988. There are a lot of things I think you get redemption for. You can do, you know, I, you do your time. You're, you, you, you 
ask for forgiveness, God's forgiveness, and welcome back into society. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. Except for a job like guns are. All right? You don't get to be the guns are when you use the gun to end somebody's life. All right? I don't think you should be the guns are. But, Eric, all the people out there, and I think, by the way, the police commissioner will be reporting to the guns are. The police commissioner reports to this guy, Mitchell. Listen to this nut. Cut 34. His appointment has been met with controversy as he served time behind bars, but he says his experience is what Stop. makes him qualified. Stop. That's New York One. I used to work at New York One. Oh, my goodness gracious. Have they gone totally woke or what? Did you hear what the reporter said? His his appointment has been met with some controversy because he spent time behind bars. And that's it. They don't tell you why. How about for killing a guy? <laughs> okay. How about for manslaughter? That's really bad. And they just leave it out like, I don't, like what? I mean, uh, trespassing? <laughs> behind bars. You met with some controversy. You think? All right. What else happened? Makes him qualified for the job. Yes, I'm a formerly incarcerated person. So does the people that we're going out into the street to reach. And so you got to be able to relate with them. The joy of transforming them scars into badges of honor. It's a whole nother level, right, Judge? And that's what we've been doing. No, you haven't been doing that. This, uh, this community stuff is a bunch of crap. All right, it basically doesn't work. There's some great community organizations out there. His ain't one of them. Believe me. Do I have to go? I do. One second. Be be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I want to thank the listeners and callers into this program. I learned so much from you uh, people. I really, really do. I appreciate it very much. And uh, let's go to Linda in the Bronx. Hi, Linda. Good afternoon, Greg. How are you? Fine, fine. What's up? I love your show, Greg. And as I was telling the call screener, um, I want you to run for mayor. Oh, I thank you. For Curtis. Yes, I, I vote, and I loved your father when he was the police commissioner. And I live in the South Bronx, Greg, so I've been directly affected by all the violence and um, all the fentanyl all around us. It's just it's a bad situation, and I would love for you to run. I would vote for you, and I would get all my family and friends to do the same because we're all fed up. And one more thing. Yeah. I was wondering, Greg, what about this um, so-called plot to assassinate uh, the man with the swag? Adam? <laughs> yeah, well, his sister heard something, and uh, they said something. The whole thing was weird. Do you have that clip again one more time? It's uh, you tell me. First of all, why is he picking up his sister from the ferry? I mean, isn't she a big girl now? He's sixty-one years old. How old can his sister be? Go ahead. Here's what happened yesterday: a family member was at the ferry, and we were going to pick her up. I was en route to pick her up, and while she was waiting, uh, three men walked in with hoodies on. And yesterday was very hot. And they had hoodies on. And she heard, overheard one of them state something to the tune of don't shoot until you get inside. She called me. I said immediately call 911. And I got on the phone and called 911 to make sure they got the call. And when we got to the ferry, uh, my security team and I went to the boats and said, 
Don't let the bolts move out. Oh man! Police responded. He's on a power. The, all right, uh, he's on a power kick. I don't think actually I may have uh, gotten that wrong. I don't think anybody was out to gun him down. But I mean, how about that? He calls nine one so he can say nine one one so he can say I'm the mayor. Hold the boat. All this stuff. <laughs> and uh, the guy's got away. Where the white supremacist with the hoodies? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Hey, can I ask you this though? I, you know what? I mean, I'm just, I'm gonna, I got to talk to Rudy Giuliani. I got to talk to Curtis. Those guys know what it's like to run for mayor. If I run, you know, I want to win, and I got to find out what not to do, what to do. Uh, I appreciate your support, but um, you know, I don't know. How do I do it? I need the uh, those guys. It's amazing. I, they're they're right down the hall. I, I'll I'll go talk to them right after. Okay. Perfect. All right. Linda, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, uh, let's go to uh, Rosemary. She's uh, where are you, Rosemary? I'm in Westchester. I'm a new listener. Um, I don't I don't know if this ties in that. So forgive me if it doesn't directly tie into what she just talked about. When I turn, I don't follow Twitter or anything. It's all right. What's on your mind? Papers. OK, what's on my mind is you turn on the television and the white male is an endangered species. On the commercials, every um, big corporation has bought into empowerment. I don't want to seem racist. I'm just telling you what I see. And if they are pictured in the commercial, I notice they're like the buffoon. And every other commercial is um, it's like we don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like the Caucasian race doesn't buy cars anymore. <laughs> Doesn't buy <laughs> toothpaste. We're not interested in anything. Automotive, clothes, household supplies, personal uh, hygiene. None of it. We just overnight lost interest somehow. It is amazing. It was such an overreaction to the George Floyd thing. Hey, by the way, I'm okay. You know what? There maybe there was a correction that needed to be made. A slight correction. You know, I mean, but two wrongs don't make a right. You know, there was a time in the movies, you know, they made the black guy the criminal. They made the, you know, they they, they typecast themselves. But now it's been, it's over the top in the opposite direction. Two wrongs don't make a right. And you see it. I see it. By the way, Joe Biden sees it. He's actually gone on record saying, can't believe it. You turn on the TV and... Uh, everyone's interracial. I, at, at first, I don't know if he liked that, but anyway, no, you're not imagining things uh, at all there, Rosemary. Question, do you think it's mostly in the Northeast and maybe California and in um, the other states, they monitor it more and they wouldn't show those commercials? No, first of all, it, there's a homogenization of America. We're all kind of alike. I've lived in the South. It's not as different as they say. And these are big international brands uh, multinational brands, and they don't they don't make regional commercials uh, like that. It's a little bit. What do they say in advertising? On the nose, you know. But personally, well, anyway, I love advertisers. Please keep advertising, especially here at WABC. But um, no, it's um, it's overdone. It's contrived, and it doesn't seem authentic. And I think that uh, they need to uh, lighten up. And quite frankly, stop making white men wait. What did that woman say again? What did she say about us? Uh, cut thirty seven. After the passage of the 19th Amendment in the Senate, the challenge and then, frankly, the threat is the white men who have had a monopoly on our society, our democracy. Did you hear that, Rosemary, our- on MSNBC? Sure. All day long, they say white men were the threat. Uh- <laughs> I tell my husband, I said, look, don't look now. You're you're the next endangered species. You know, I happen I to tell him. I understand. I happen to talk to a, uh, a person who I know well, a uh, 
happens to be a female of color. And uh, we were talking a while back, and she said, you know, it's funny about the white man. Every job I've ever gotten was from a white man. <laughs> you know, as there, as we just heap all of this scorn, uh, it's something to, uh, you know, we're not all that bad. All right, Rosemary, thank you very much. Do I have time for one more? Not really. Yes, uh, very quickly. Bob in Trumbull, Connecticut. Yes, Bob. Greg, I got a good question for you. Yeah? To secure the border, uh-huh. why can't we take those billions of dollars worth of equipment that Biden brought back from Afghanistan and put it on the border to protect us. Well, I think you know the answer to that. He didn't bring back billions of dollars. He left it all there. He left it all there. And now it's in the hands of our enemies. Bob, good point. Thank you. There is the music. I got to take a quick break. Hopefully my wife is here with the lunch. Okay, be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, whatever happened to that soup store where you can buy soup? There was a store that specialized in soup. Now, if you want soup to go, you got to go to Pret, Pret Pret a Manger, and that's about it. McDonald's doesn't have soup. Um, Burger King doesn't have soup. Oh, did you hear about Burger King, by the way? Uh, Burger King, well, I can't say all of Burger King, but one little sliver of Burger King. Uh, if you go to Burger King and you're in Vienna, uh, so they they are having a, they're having a little fun with their Whopper sandwiches. Uh, you know how you have a top bun, you know, which is a curve at the top, and then you have the bottom bun, which is just kind of flat. Well, in honor of Gay Pride Month, they've got, well, I guess you know. Uh, They'll have the bottom bu- bottom bun on top if you want, or they could have two top buns. Whether you're a how does that go? I think in that in that world there's some sort of significance to the top or the bottom, and they're making a big deal out of it. Now, fortunately, this is just going on in Austria, and uh, it hasn't migrated here. But you never know. Uh, a lot of these companies are going crazy, silly, stupid with this uh, this woke stuff. Hey, January 6th, <laughs> a year and a half ago, it was no big deal. In fact, last night, oh, gosh, you got to see this. You got to stream my show on Newsmax, all right, or start watching it. I'm doing some great stuff. I'm very proud of it, actually. Um, what do I have here? Um, I found these people on January 6th. I was actually watching television on January 6th. And I noticed the fake news. They were just going nuts about what they were seeing. I mean, they were out of their minds. All right, so the people there, January 6th, right, 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 right? Well, here are the anchors talking about uh, what – here are the anchors talking about it. This is live on January 6th. Um, Cut 29, please. We are watching an attempted sedition. We are watching watching an attempt at a bloodless coup in the United States. Trump supporters – 
stopping the constitutional process, the counting of electors. This is basically taking over, storming the Capitol in, 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 in a, it's anarchy. It really is anarchy. And the president has encouraged this time and time again, and they are stopping the constitutional peaceful transfer of power. Um, so there was something startling about that because I, I looked at what they were watching and I thought nothing that they are saying is actually happening on the screen. The first one, Jake Tapper, I'm watching what he's watching. I see a bunch of people standing around, milling around. The other one, Dana Bash, oh, this is anarchy. Well, I saw a couple of people walking in a row, like in between the little uh, velvet ropes. I mean, it, it wasn't anarchy. It was orderly. It looked like tourists. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. As a matter of fact, so I played it last night without the sound. It sounded like this. Dead quiet. And the images looked boring, looked slow. You know, you they were like wishing it. They wanted it to be a coup. And, of course, the building was shut down for, what, two hours while they cleaned everybody out? And then it was back open, and then they resumed the uh, the electoral count. Or actually, they didn't really resume it. They just wrapped it up. We wanted a full-on debate. And under the Constitution, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, we should have had one. We could have had one. And Mike Pence, that wooden weirdo, wouldn't stand up for us. And we do believe that there was all kinds of discretion, and he could have sent this back to Harrisburg, sent it back to Madison, Wisconsin, sent it back to Phoenix, and say, you know what? We're not satisfied with this. Fix it. That didn't happen. And the fake news continues to lie, lie, lie about January 6th. And they do it all in unison, you know, like they're all on the same page, almost like they were given the same talking point. Cut 28. This was the most violent and disruptive assault on the Capitol, breaching of the Capitol since the War of 1812. The U.S. Capitol suffered its worst security breach since the War of 1812. Nobody's attacked Congress since 1812. It was the worst attack on the Capitol since the War of 1812. 1812, the War of 1812. They all said it, right? In the War of 1812, they tried to burn down the Capitol. Nothing like that happened. I saw a window was broken. I didn't see anything like Black Lives Matter summer. Remember that? They destroyed police stations, dozens of cops hurt, some killed, billions of dollars worth of damage. Yeah. I I lived through it. You lived through it probably. Hmm? Um, They exaggerate to uh, score political points. Actually, more than political points. They want to essentially remove, remove Donald Trump. It's like... They tried the phony hoax, right? The phony Russia hoax. Russia, Russia, Russia. Uh, That didn't work. Uh, What was the other thing? Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. That didn't work. Uh, Now they're going to say insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. A coup, a coup, a coup. Even though they know it's not true, they'll say it enough. And then reasonable people who are not watching very closely will say, oh, geez, I can't vote for this guy. He's going to go. We don't want a coup. They're the ones who actually waged a coup, if anybody, especially Millie. They basically confessed to it on Morning Joe. Hopefully I'm going to have time to go into that tonight. Um, no, I'm not going to ignore the January 6th hearing, which will be, Hey, by the way, it's a year and a half ago. Didn't we have a bunch of hearings last year? 
We did. We had, uh, well, we had Fanon. Remember him? Michael Fanon. Uh, I resent the people. Wait, how does he say it again? The people who said, I, I, there are people who are saying I did not go to hell or that hell doesn't exist. The behavior on this committee has been disgraceful. Well, he's back at it. He's already testified. They would love to put him back on the stand. For some reason, they think this guy is good. He's not good. He quit the cops. Now he works full-time for CNN. And uh, there he is. He he always wears a, a crummy, you know, flannel shirt, like, you know, doing work on a Saturday morning on the car. And that's what he's wearing on, on television with his big, stupid tattoos on his neck, sounding like a good old boy, even though he's from Alexandria, Virginia. And you can throw a baseball and hit the Washington Monument. It's really close. What do you think of all this, Michael Fanon? 27. Are you going to watch these hearings? Uh, do you think they're going to make much of a difference? What are your thoughts heading into this phase of the investigation? I'll be there. I was promised a, uh, a front row seat, so I plan on watching as many of the hearings as I can. Unfortunately, I don't believe that it's going to move the needle. I think most of the people in this country are indifferent towards what happened on January 6th. Uh, and everyone else is, is pretty well encamped in, uh, you know, their side of the political aisle. Um, I actually think he has something of a point, believe it or not, that people have made up their minds about this thing. All right. And they know they know intuitively they understand that it's being exaggerated, that's being hyped for political reasons. They saw what happened in 2020. They saw the hundreds of riots that son- somehow were good and righteous, but this one riot was the worst thing that ever happened since the War of 1812. No, it doesn't add up. And last night on the show, I went through it. 1915, there was a bomb that exploded in the Capitol. 1954, a guy opened fire in the House of Representatives, shot five members of Congress. Uh, 1971, a bomb blew up in the Capitol. 1983, a bomb blew up right outside the United States Senate. In 1998, two Capitol Hill police officers were shot and killed. All these things are worse, by the way, than anything that happened, even during the War of 1812, I think. The War of 1812. What the hell was the War of 1812? What did we fight? We fought Britain again, right? We were still mad at Britain, or they were mad at us. But we beat them again. We beat them twice. Hey, speaking of which, isn't it great that we left the U.K.? Oh, boy, that Queen Jubilee thing. Um one thing I'll say is everybody, everybody, nobody likes a race baiter. And that's what Harry and Meghan are, race baiters. And, you know, the royal family has been around for a long time. Sure, they're snobs, but you know what? We like them. We basically like them. We do. Even though the queen was mean to Diana, I even like the queen. So when Harry comes out on national television to Oprah and tells us that they're all racists, no, it doesn't sit well with us. So it was really nice, actually, to see Harry and Meghan get booed. And Meghan is now ruined. How many families has she ruined? Two. Her own and now the royals. Two families. She is one treacherous woman. Oh, man, I do not like her. I do not like her at all. And what did Trump say about Harry? He's whipped. He's whipped. You know he's whipped. I'll say what kind of whipped, but I can't say that on TV. It starts... It starts with a P, but I will not say anything more. Remember uh, Piers, uh, Piers Brosnan interview? So that happened. And, uh, oh, I am not, unlike the fake news, 
I I confront the so-called bad news about Trump because you know what? It almost never is bad news about Trump. They're telling it in the worst possible way. Here's uh, what's that bald guy's on 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 CNN? Stelter, cut thirty. The Trump base does not want to hear about the coup attempt. The Trump base does not want to hear about the violence and about who inspired it and incited it. They don't want to hear the revelations at the hearing this week. And I'm not trying to claim that this doesn't matter, that the hearing doesn't matter. I'm saying it's important. And because it is important, it's being rejected by the MAGA media. I consider myself MAGA media. Sure, I'm into make America great again. I like Trump. I like his policies. I like his style. I think he's great. Am I MAGA? Yes. Am I going to watch these things? Yes. You know why? Because I want to get some questions answered. And I got to see if anybody goes there. Now, it's unlikely because the two Republicans on the panel are Swamp, Rats, Kinzinger, and Cheney, who, by the way, both will be out next year. Both will be gone, most likely. Cheney's going to lose. Kinzinger has been redistricted out. So what do I want? I want to know who the little cop was who waved those crowds in. I want to know the cops, why they stood on either side of the hallway as the protesters just marched right on by. Welcome to the Capitol. Welcome right this way. I got a million pictures of uh, Capitol Hill cops saying right this way. I also want to know who those three cops were who walked off their post just before Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed. Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed right outside the House chamber. There's a door and uh, there are three cops, seemingly they're guarding it, they're standing in front of it. Yes, it's a chaotic situation. There's a lot of yelling and shouting, but no one's touching these guys. No one's harming them. They are not being physically uh, abused, touched, anything. Yet at the same time, they all just walk away. It's the dumbest video I've ever seen in my life. Dumb and sad and tragic. They walk off, and then all hell breaks loose because the cops are gone. The mob starts hitting the door. And, oh, by the way, who's running a camera? Some crazy Antifa journalist, Antifa uh, activist named John John somebody from Utah. There's a, there's a crazy Antifa guy right in the middle of this. You think that's by accident? The cops walk off. All hell breaks loose. And Lieutenant Michael Byrd, I believe she was a threat, shoots Ashley Babbitt, who was not a threat. There isn't a police department in the country that would keep that guy on the job after shooting Ashley Babbitt. No way. And by the way, <laughs> you know the George Floyd criminal justice bill? Hold on a second. Okay, never mind. I thought I saw somebody I recognized outside. It was not. Phew! That would have been weird. No, okay. Everything's good. Everything's good. Um, the George Floyd criminal justice bill says... That you can't use deadly force in law enforcement unless somebody poses an imminent uh, physical threat of grave injury or death. You can look at that tape a million times. Ashley Babbitt is posing no such threat. Do not forget Ashley Babbitt. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, This is something... And now I'm tempted to not do it because, well, so every major channel in the universe right now, from Fox News to MSNBC to CNN, all of them have a live picture of the White House briefing room. And we're watching, they're all watching Matthew McConaughey. He's an actor, right? Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. He was born in Uvalde. He probably hasn't been there in uh, 50 years. 
and he's talking about Uvalde and shootings and what needs to be done now. He's Matthew McConaughey. What does he know about anything? The guy's never performed without a script in his life. Somebody he 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 repeats somebody else's words all the time. I guess, well, maybe he's well suited for this moment. Repeating somebody else's words. And now they're making a big thing. Oh, they're showing a pair of sneakers from somebody. I just the entire world is watching Matthew McConaughey, an actor. Now, I can't think of one Matthew McConaughey movie at right now off the top. He was in, uh, was he in Ray Donovan? No. <laughs> uh, what was that thing about the, the courthouse in the 90s? Uh, was he in Dallas Buyers Club? And he was uh, the one about the strippers, the male strippers. All right. I am kind of curious. Uh, turn up the volume just for a moment. Let me see what's going down here. Your evidence that could identify her after the shooting. Oh, gosh. How about that? Oh, lighten mm. up. My eighth day wrote a letter. Lighten up, Matthew. Her mom said if my eighth day's letter could help someone accomplish her dream, that then her death would have an impact. And it would mean her dying had a point and wasn't pointless. That it would make the loss of her life matter. All right, what are we going to do here, Matthew? That's the thing, you see? The letter. You, we got a bunch of legislators, a bunch of people that want to just say, do something, do something. Start asking him questions about red flag laws. Can somebody point out to him that this guy had no red flags, right? I mean, just AR-15s are responsible for point zero 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 two percent of the uh, firearm homicide by firearms in America, handguns. That's the problem. We're going to do something, do something, do something. I don't like how he's shaming now people. All right, let me hear. Is he still on this kick? And her parents, Stephen and Jennifer. Ellie loved to dance and she loved church. She even knew how to drive tractors and was already working with her dad. All right, we know. I don't need to hear this from Matthew McConaughey. What the hell kind of name is McConaughey anyway? Matthew McConaughey. Uh, didn't he kind of go crazy, Charlie Sheen style, with that all right, all right, all right? What is that all about? I don't like this guy. It was a it was a horrible tragedy, what happened there. And we know about the law enforcement. Looks like they really screwed it up. But two weeks later, some Hollywood guy is going to just cry at the White House podium? To what end? Mitch, Mitch is in Lakewood, New Jersey. Mitch, you watching this nonsense? Yeah, thank you for taking my call, Mr. Kelly. I wanted to bring out a point uh, because we know Pelosi is responsible for the capital for the uh, protecting the capital. I was wondering why the Republicans don't fight back enough and set up their own committee and bring out some talking points about the responsibility and the neglect from uh, Speaker Pelosi. I think that would put a kibosh on uh, a lot of the stuff they're trying to do there, the Democrats, and bring out the truth. You mean about January 6th, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I know. I know. Look, it's obvious to all of us, but they they just keep it going. The fake news are in cahoots with them. They never bring up those thorny, tough questions for Nancy Pelosi uh, and, quite frankly, for Mitch McConnell. And remember all the shaming they did at Trump when he uh, even thought about bringing out the National Guard. Oh, no, that would be horrible. That would be a threat to democracy. 
You are right, but the mainstream media has no appetite for it. But thank you for reminding me. I'll hit that again tonight. Nancy. Nancy. Crazy Nancy. Thank you, sir, very much. All right, let me tweet this out. Matthew McConaughey is laying it on thick. I heard that he and his wife haven't been to Yavalde since 19... What's a good year? 1993. I'll say 1993. It's a guesstimate. It's a guesstimate. Let me work on this a little bit more. Uh, Dan is calling all the way from Texas. Hi, Dan. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Good. What's up? Love love listening to your show. Thanks. Uh, What do you say about Eric Adams and the gun, what the guns are? Well, it's a total joke. It's a pathetic joke. Makes no sense whatsoever. He brought in this broken down criminal, literally, to get the guns. It's 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 it defies logic. It's 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 sad. Where is this character? I mean, uh, well, let me ask you. Uh, you're in Texas. I mean, what do you think of that? Doesn't it sound ridiculous? It don't make me feel no safer. It doesn't do nothing for me. Yeah, where in Texas are you? Uh, near you, about forty-five minutes over. Uh, what do you think of Matthew McConaughey, who says he's from Uvalde at the White House right now? Listen to this. Hold on a second, pal. Turn that back up one more time. The very next day, when he had a heart attack, they never got to paint the back of their house. All right. Just because he he's famous to. doesn't mean he's special. Uh, I, you know, I already know that story. It's a terrible one. He gets to do it, and he's still doing it. You know what? We're a bunch of suckers in this country. And you could probably put me in that category, too, these famous people. Everybody stops, looks, and listens. Dan, I don't think it's uh, relevant at all. Do you? No, it's all nothing. It's a bunch of trash. All right. Tell us a little bit about your life in Texas. What do you like to do down there? Uh, I like to hang out. Me and my wife spend a lot of time together. Uh, You know. We go out to the bars, we drink, we hunt a little bit. We have some fun. All right. That's beautiful. And for work? Oh, yeah. You know, tell the animals that I catch and stuff like that. All right. Well, Dan, I so appreciate you listening all the way from Texas. Keep it up. Thank you, sir. Uh, Joe is in Flushing, closer to home, Flushing, Queens. What's up? Hello, Craig. A big uh, Greg Kelly fan and a a big Greg Kelly fan. You know, when you do uh, like a montage of, of all the news media, they all say the same thing. Is, isn't that a conspiracy with, with the general news media that coming out? Can they classify that as a conspiracy because they're saying the same thing all the time? Conspiracy is a uh, legal term. Uh, I mean, we use it all the time, but as a crime, there's a statute, conspiracy, conspiracy to do this, conspiracy to do that, and you got to, like, meet, 16 different thresholds so probably not that's my that's my short but you're right about it i mean let me can i hear them talking about the war of 1812 again using the same damn phrase on the same damn day cut 28 this was the most violent and destructive uh, assault on the capital breaching of the capital since the war of 1812 the u.s capital suffered its worst security breach since the war of 1812 nobody's attacked congress since 1812. It was the worst attack on the Capitol since the War of 1812. Yeah, right? See what it's right? Yeah. But I don't know if that's technically a conspiracy, Joe. But it's yeah, interesting. But it just, you know, yeah, it is. It is very. But they consistently say the same thing. And, uh, hey, thanks for keeping up the fight. And uh, I love your show. 
every afternoon and uh, every evening. I try not to miss it. Oh, uh, thank you, pal, very, very much. Uh, shoot, he's. I, I do have to turn it up one more time. Is he still? <laughs> just for a second, Matthew McConaughey. We need to invest in mental health care. Oh, well, you think? We need safer schools. We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. How, how are you going to do that, pal? We need to restore restrain our family it. values. We need to restore our American values. And? And? We need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun hey, man, ownership. Why don't, you, why don't you quit Hollywood and run for something, okay? It's a little bit disgusting right now. He's on all the damn networks at the same time. This so-so actor, right? I don't like it. Oh, wait a second. Got some breaking news here. Breaking news. Hold on, hold on. Judicial Watch lawsuit forces release of DOJ memo declining criminal prosecution for Ashley Babbitt's shooter. One more time, Judicial Watch. It's a great nonprofit conservative in, in Washington. They have a lawsuit. It forces the release of the DOJ memo that declined criminal prosecution for Ashley Babbitt's shooter. Judicial Watch announced that it received productions of the new records totaling 102 pages from the Department of Justice related to the shooting of January 6th protester Ashley Babbitt that include a memo recommending that the United States Attorney for the District of Columbia decline for criminal prosecution the fatal shooting of Ashley Babbitt. Also noting that the shooter... U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd did not create a police report or documents related to the shooting. Wait a second. Also noting that the shooter, U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd, did not create a police report or documents? Uh, That's very odd. The documents also reveal that in the press release announcing the decision not to prosecute Byrd for the killing of Babbitt, the DOJ replaced the words group and crowd with the word mob several times. The unarmed Babbitt was shot and killed as she climbed through a broken interior window in the United States Capitol. She was a 14-year Air Force veteran. The identity of the shooter was kept secret by Congress, the Justice Department, and the D.C. police for eight months until Byrd went public to try to defend his killing of Babbitt. The lawsuit was filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia after the Executive Office for the United States Attorney's the Civil Rights Division and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, all components of the Department of Justice, failed to provide the records responsive to Judicial Watch's April 14, 2021 and May 20, 2021 Freedom of Information Act. The records contain the prosecution declination memorandum justifying the decision not to prosecute Byrd for the shooting death of Babbitt. The overview and recommendation section reads as follows. The memorandum recommends that the United States Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia decline for criminal prosecution the fatal shooting of Ashley McEntee. This declination is based on a review of law enforcement and civilian eyewitnesses' accounts, physical evidence, recorded radio communications, cell phone footage, MPD reports, Metro Police, forensic reports, and the autopsy report for Ms. McEntee Babbitt. After a thorough review of the facts and circumstances in this case, there is insufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Lieutenant Byrd violated Ms. McEntee's civil rights by willfully using more force than was reasonably necessary or was not acting in self-defense of the others. The memo details, this is a total crock of crap, by the way. Once the demonstrators broke the glass, Lieutenant Byrd took up a tactical position to the immediate right of the barricade entry doors. 
Capitol Police Officer Reggie Tyson took up a tactical position behind Lieutenant Byrd on the right side behind the third pillar, and Sergeant McKenna took up a tactical position, blah, 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 blah. All three officers had their service pistols drawn, pointed them in the direction of the barricaded entry doors, and repeatedly instructed the mob to get back. The mob of demonstrators, it's in quotation marks because... Uh, they made it that way. They wanted it to sound worse. Ignored the officer's commands and sh- continued to break the glass on the doors in their attempt to breach the speaker's lobby. Now, I've heard the tape. I've watched the tape. I can't hear anybody saying get back. I can't hear a damn word of that. Suddenly, Ashley Babbitt began to crawl through one of the doors where the glass was already broken out. As Miss McAtee was climbing through the door, Lieutenant Byrd stepped forward from his tactical position towards Miss McAtee and fired one round from his service pistol, striking her in the left shoulder just below the clavicle. Miss Babbitt then fell back through the doorway and onto the floor. By the way, her life could have been saved. Her life could have been saved. They mishandled her afterwards. They did. In the section entitled U.S. Capitol Police Officer Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the memo notes he did not create any police reports or documents relating to the incident and did not provide an official statement regarding the use of force, though he did provide a voluntary debrief and walkthrough of the scene with his lawyer. A footnote details that during the debrief of Lieutenant Byrd, he did recall writing a few sentences on an evidence bag the evening of January 6, 2021, at the request of a crime scene officer. To date, the bag has not been located. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, for God's sake. The memo reports Lieutenant Byrd heard glass breaking and saw some of the items used to barricade the doors being pushed down. Lieutenant Byrd continued to tell the rioters to get back, get back. Lieutenant Byrd then saw a rioter with a backpack on start to climb through one of the broken glass doors. Lieutenant Byrd said uh, he saw the rioter as a threat. I remember I, I thought she was a threat. So he stepped forward from his tactical position and fired one round at the rioter. The rioter fell backward. Uh, Lieutenant Byrd eventually stepped back into the seated area of the speaker's lobby before confirming to other U.S. Capitol Police officers that arrived on the scene that he was the one that fired his service weapon. The memo notes that security staffing on January 6th was less than half the usual amount due to COVID-19. Less than half the usual amount due to COVID-19. January 6th. Even I, we were hearing all, all, there was concern nationwide that it would be a bad day. How about that? One more thing here. The memo notes that he did not create, okay, we already got that. Did not, did not, how could he not do that? Got a lawyer and kept his mouth shut. This is not justice, but Judicial Watch did a great thing, a big step in the right direction. We need these documents because you can't shoot an unarmed woman in America and everybody sees it and sees that it's wrong and get away with it. No way. Not in my country. Be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, all right. I'm sorry. Matthew uh, McConaughey may have had a good point or two, but uh, I just don't know why we have to hear it from him. He's just some guy. He's just some guy who acts. And uh, everybody stops and stares. Name one Matthew McConaughey. Mo- well, I just named two. Uh, I just, I don't get it. I don't get the uh, celebrity fascination. 
I'm I'm over it. How about you guys? Uh, hey, Christine in Middletown. Yes, Christine, welcome back. Hi. Hi. Um, what, I mean, why can't people just focus on criminal control first over gun control? Wait, what? Why can't people just start focusing on criminal control and not gun control as the end-all, be-all? Well, I like it. I mean, let's face it, that's a little bit of... It's a little bit gimmicky. It's a little slogany, but I like a slogan like that. Criminal control, not just gun control, because the criminals are out of control. Hey, speaking of which, how those your dogs sound like they're getting a little rambunctious. What's the dog situation there? Uh, she's seen someone out back. That's why I ran upstairs. I try to get away from her noise. <laughs> all right. All right. This sounds like one of those little dogs, one of those small dogs. She's, yes, a miniature pincher. Oh, why don't you get a real dog? Well, we live in a condo. We have I know. I know. I'm only kidding. Those are great dogs, too. I like small dogs, big dogs. I don't care. I love dogs. I really do. Thank you, uh, you Chris. What? You played Biden's uh, sound bites that may be disgusted on how he's trying to make all these uh, life better for us trans community. That backfired on all of us. I wish he kept his mouth shut on it. He's just placating to the um, alphabet soup activists in the. An LGBT community. Wait a second. Uh, do me a favor. Wait. Hold on. Where do we have that? Where do we have? You got that thing? Uh, go ahead and play this. You're talking about this, right? Go ahead. All transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you and know this. You're so brave. You belong. And we have your back. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. All right. Yeah, I think you should stay the hell out of it. But you're transgender yourself, Christine. What, 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 what about that angers you? Well, because this threw us in the political ring and riled up both sides. Things are quieter for us when Trump is in office. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right, Christine, good points, good points. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to do now Ron in Nassau County. Ron, yes, hello. Hey, how are you? Fine, fine. Can you hear me okay? Yep, what's going on? So all these rules and laws, for example, what's going on with Mr. Navarro in Washington and making the rules for from 21 to 18-year-olds, even though they can go and fight and die for us in a war, um, are these things able to be stepped back at some point, or are these solid laws that we're stuck with now? And uh, with kangaroo courts charging good people like Mr. Navarro in in claims where we don't have a, a representative from the other side, from the Republican side, it seems like we don't have any choice in the matter. Well, wait a second. A couple of different issues here. The Navarro thing, I mean, that's a... It's very unfair what happened to him, but that is a uh, it's a judicial process. No laws were broken. I asked Joe DeGeneva that uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it should not have happened. I think it's an abuse of power to be sure. It's impeachable, but not prosecutable. And the thing that uh, Kathy Hochul, yeah, I know. What do you want? We got this crazy woke state that shouldn't stand. She's not the emperor of New York. She can't just go ahead and arrange that. But you're right. We have a we have no media culture whatsoever. We have no uh, we don't have a robust opposition party here in New York. Uh, it is it is pathetic. And uh, I don't like it. You may. Ron, where are you, by the way? 
I'm in Nassau County, and I feel like a lot of other people I talk to, we feel uh, we listen on the radio. We're, we're fans of, of everything that you say, and we feel very unempowered to do anything about it, and that is the problem. Well, here's, uh, here's a potential, a partial solution, all right? I've said this before. And you got to get good at it, all right? Here's something that will empower you a couple of different ways. I know it sounds like a waste of time, but it's not. Get on Twitter. Get vocal. Do not mind the backlash, and you will get some. Also, start writing letters. Letters. Paper letters. Preferably computer printed. It doesn't matter. Write letters to your elected leaders, to the newspaper, you name it. And they will write you back, especially the electeds. Hey, that reminds me tonight, Tom Swazi versus Kathy Hochul on Channel 2, the gubernatorial debate for the Democrats. Uh, I can't stand Kathy Hochul. I am rooting really for the Republicans, but I like Tom Swazi. And uh, I think Tom Swazi is going to win. I hope he wins the primary. That would be great because she is an imbecile. She has no business being governor. I mean, and, and, and Swazi is 10 times the person, 10 times the politician, 100 times the accomplishments. All right, pal. A lot of good stuff there. You know what I mean about writing the letters? Don't forget about that, okay? I'm serious. Letters, not emails. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, emails go into the ether. You don't, they, don't, they don't respond to emails. Don't ever expect a response to an email. Write a letter. Write a letter. And you will you will be amazed that you will get response and you will be you'll be someone and they will they will pay attention. It, this is still America. All right. This is still America. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax show at seven o'clock. Take care. Mm-hmm.